2 Corinthians chapter 4, 18. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. The mystery of the faith plays out before us in the principle of the 180. A circle is made up of 360 degrees. At the 180-degree mark, one is at the exact opposite position. Example, God is light, Satan is darkness. God is love, Satan is hate. God is truth, Satan is a liar and the father of lies. God is life, Satan is death. You get the idea. These are all the same measure, but at exact opposite positions. Like a 36-inch yardstick, God is one and Satan is 36. Same measure, but opposite. At any given time, most are aware who the world's richest person is because he or she is constantly applauded by the media. However, one day that rich person dies and leaves the earth naked and bereft of this world's recycled mud. Even their mortal body returns to the clay, short-lived. How does God, the one who is from everlasting to everlasting, measure wealth? God and Satan are both in the same business, the soul business. Jehovah God, the creator of the soul, is in the business of saving lost souls through the born-again experience, which is the ministry of reconciliation. He sets the captive soul free, even awarding eternal life. Satan at the 180-degree mark is also in the soul business, but his business is binding, blinding, and destroying souls. This is Satan's dead ministry of bondage with its end as eternal damnation. The children of God are in their father's business, and wealth and gain are measured in eternal souls. Hallelujah. John chapter 3, verse 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Jesus speaks of the rich man and his worldly riches in Luke twelve sixteen through 21. And he spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do, because I have no room where to bestow my fruits? And he said, This will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater, and there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then whose shall those things be which thou hast provided? So is he that layeth up treasure for himself, and is not rich toward God. One blood-bought soul is worth more than the aggregate wealth of the earth in its universe, far, far more. Blood-bought souls, that's how God measures wealth. Consider the following verses, Proverbs 11:30: The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he that winneth souls is wise. Daniel 12:3: And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament, and they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. The richest man that ever lived or could ever live is the man, Jesus Christ. 
His death was not honored by the world's dignitaries and debutantes. No, his death was marked with ridicule, mockery, shame, and beatings. He was hung upon an old wooden cross suspended between heaven and earth between two thieves. The mediator, the man Jesus Christ, the richest of all, died a naked pauper. The 180, wouldn't you say? Have you been born again, born a second time, this time of the Spirit of God? Will today be the day all your sin and shame are erased and all of Satan's bondage is broken? Will today be the day Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, begins to reign in your heart and the day you join the ranks of the eternally wealthy? You're just moments away from the biggest miracle in which fallen men and women can ever participate. Follow me in this simple prompt, and it will happen to you now. Are you ready? Here we go. Click on the Further with Jesus for childlike instructions and immediate entry into the kingdom of God. Now for today's subject. God said, Exodus 20, verse 11, For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. God said, Genesis 5, 1 through 6, This is the book of the generations of Adam. In the day that God created man, in the likeness of God made he him. Male and female created he them, and blessed them, and called their name Adam in the day when they were created. And Adam lived a hundred and thirty years, and begat a son in his own likeness, after his image, and called his name Seth. And the days of Adam, after he had begotten Seth, were eight hundred years, and he begat sons and daughters. And all the days that Adam lived were nine hundred and thirty years, and he died. And Seth lived in hundred and five years, and begat Enos. God said, Genesis 7, 1 through 4. And the Lord said unto Noah, Come thou and all thy house into the ark, for thee have I seen righteous before me in this generation. Of every clean beast thou shalt take to thee by sevens, the male and his female, and of beasts that are not clean by two, the male and his female, of fowls also of the air by sevens, the male and the female, to keep seed alive upon the face of all the earth. For yet seven days, and I will cause it to rain upon the earth forty days and forty nights, and every living substance that I have made will I destroy from off the face of the earth. Man said, Don't try to inhibit my lifestyle with that old archaic book. Follow me on Twitter. Like me on Facebook. I'm special. I'm a big deal. Don't you think? Now the record. Welcome to God Said, Man Said, feature 978, that will again, of course, certify the absolute inerrancy of God's beautiful book. All of these dynamic features are archived here in text and streaming audio for your edification, and as a platform from which to convince the gainsayers. Every Thursday, Eve, God willing, they grow by one. Take advantage of four highly beneficial God said, man said features. One, you have questions? God has answers. Whatever your question, type a keyword into the search bar top right and watch the screen populate with related information from Adam and Eve to quantum physics. Number two, use the tell a friend feature above. 
to send a message to someone you love. It is so quick and easy. Three, imagine you can download nearly 405 hours of God Said, Man Said features to your electronic device. Listen to one every day. And number four, sign up for God Said, Man Said weekly broadcast and fresh bed will be delivered to you, God willing, every Thursday eve. Thank you for coming. May God's face shine upon you with light and truth. They always inadvertently end up at our house. The April 2019 cover of Discover magazine featured a T-Rex that corresponded to an eight-page feature titled Meet the T-Rex Family with the subhead Scientists Rethink the Social Network of the Iconic Predator and Its Ancestors. Think Noah and the Flood as you read the following paragraphs from the feature. How these creatures died, however, may prove to be less of a puzzle. The Tyrannosaur remains were found near each other, but the larger dig site also holds half a dozen three-foot-plus turtle shells, along with remnants of giant fish called gars, parts of a 20-foot crocodile, and other bones. Other than the Tyrannosaurs, the other fossils are mostly aquatic creatures. That's because... The site was once a roughly mile-wide lake. Titus, paleontologist with the Bureau of Land Management in Utah, believes the Tyrannosaurs drowned there together, possibly washed in by a flood. The lake eventually dried up in a subsequent drought, killing off the fish and other aquatic animals, end of quote. They keep knock-knock-knocking on heaven's door, but unfortunately for the world's wise, God only opens for the childlike. This is feature seven in the God Said, Man Said series, The Six Thousands. The earth and its universe are just over 6,000 years old, and each feature in this short series certifies it. The reason the skeptics struggle and flail, failing to prove evolution's billions of years, is simply because it's not true. Reports to the contrary are just fake news. Why do so many who call themselves Christians run from the idea of biblical inerrancy and its marvelous precepts and accounts, such as a 6,000-year-old earth? After 6,000 years of skepticism, have the world's wise men proven the Bible in error? Have they proven the Bible in error in its account of the creation of the earth and its universe? Have they debunked Adam and his ribbed wife Eve? Have they refuted Noah's Ark? Abraham and Isaac, Sodom and Gomorrah, Moses and the Red Sea, Joshua and the Battle of Jericho, Samson and Delilah, David and Goliath, and so much more. Have the carnal skeptics disproven the virgin-born Jesus Christ and his miracle ministry or his crucifixion between two thieves and his resurrection? Have they disproven the Christian ministry given unto the childlike of preaching the gospel and healing the sick, or the powerful ability to cast out devils and speak with new tongues? Have they discredited the marvelous prophecies of the Word of God? The answers are many resounding no's. The lead article in Scientific American's November 2016 issue, Five Things We Know to Be True, is authored by Michael Shermer. Speaking of the theory of evolution, Shermer writes, but it doesn't take a rocket scientist or an English naturalist 
to understand why a theory on the origin of species by means of natural selection would be so controversial. If new species are created naturally, not supernaturally, what place then for God? No wonder more than a century and a half later people of some religious faiths still find the theory so terribly threatening. But in those intervening years, scientists have found so much evidence in support of the theory that it would be truly astonishing if it turned out not to be true. The author attempts to buttress his truth, the theory of evolution, with an appeal to radiometric dating. He writes this, The consistency of dating techniques also gives us confidence that the theory is true. Uranium lead, rubidium, strontium, and potassium argon dating, for example, are all reasonably consistent in their determination of the age of rocks and fossils. The ages are given in estimates, but the margins of error are in the range of 1%. It's not as if one scientist finds that a fossil a hominin is 1.2 million years old, while another one finds it is 10,000 years old, end of quote. Geologist Andrew Snelling had this to say concerning potassium argon dating in Volume 2 of Earth's Catastrophic Past. After the May 18, 1980 eruption of Mount St. Helens in Washington State, a new lava dome began developing from October 26, 1980 onwards within the volcano's crater. In 1986, less than 10 years after it flowed and cooled, a daxite uh, lava from this dome was sampled and analyzed. The lava flow yielded a potassium-argon age of 350,000 years for the whole rock, and the constituent minerals yielded potassium-argon ages up to 2.8 million years. Similarly, the June 30, 1954, andesite lava flow from Mount Nagarho, Central North Island, uh, New Zealand, yielded potassium-argon model ages up to 3.5 million years to excess 40 AR. Furthermore, a separate split of that flow sample also yielded a model age of 0.8 million years, which indicates the variability in the excess 40 AR. Investigators have also found that excess 40 AR is preferentially trapped in the minerals within lava flows with one KR date uh, on uh, olivian crystals and a recent basalt being uh, greater than 110 million years, end of quote. Note the lava flow occurred 65 years ago. Again, Snelling writes, Now several experimental determinations of the helium leakage rate from zircons of several different rock units, including this Precambrian granitic rock, are available and are in agreement. These experimental measurements all showed that helium diffuses so rapidly out of the zircon crystals that it should have all but uh, dispersed after about, uh, disappeared, excuse me, after about 100,000 years. Because of the uranium-lead radioisotope decay system indicates that originally there would have been 1.5 billion wor uh, years worth of helium generated in these zircon crystals the amounts of helium left in them should have long since leaked out. 
The measured amounts of retained helium in these zircon crystals combined with the measured diffusion rate of helium from zircon can be used to calculate their helium diffusion age. Indeed, there is so much helium still left in these zircons that based on the measured rate of helium diffusion from zircons, these zircons crystals have an average helium diffusion age of only 6,000 plus or minus 2,000 years, end of quote. According to Shermer, the ages are given in estimates, but the margins of error are in the range of 1%. It is not as if one scientist finds that a fossil hominid is 1.2 million years old, while another finds it is just 10,000 years old. Is he correct? Just one example in this feature is Mount St. Helens. The volcanic catastrophe began in 1980. Her rock age was measured by the potassium-argon method. The results? Lava rock, 350,000 years old. Constituent minerals, 2.8 million years. When measured, the volcanic rock was less than 10 years old. The following paragraphs are found in a book authored by Morris and Morris titled Many Infallible Proofs. As in the case of uranium dating, potassium dating also commonly yields great ages on rocks known to be very young. The radiogenic argon and helium contents of these basalts erupted into the deep ocean from an active volcano, uh, Kilauea, uh, have been measured. Ages calculated from these measurements increased with sample depth up to 22 million years for lavas deduced to be recent. It is possible to deduce that these lavas are very young, probably less than 200 years old. And again, we ask how it is possible to be sure that potassium ages are correct when determined for rocks of unknown age, when the same method gives ages 100,000 times too great for rocks whose ages we know. Evolutionist F.B. Juniman in Industrial Research and Development stated, The age of our globe is presently thought to be some 4.5 billion years based on radio decay rates of uranium and thorium. Such a confirmation may be short-lived, as nature is not to be discovered quite so easily. In recent years, there has been the horrible realization that radio decay rates are not as constant as previously thought, nor are they immune to environmental influences. And this could mean that the atomic clocks are reset during some global disaster, and events which brought the Mesozoic to a close may not be 65 million years ago, but rather within the age and memory of man. The following statement is from evolutionist William Stansfield, Ph.D., California Polytech State. It is obvious that radiometric techniques may not be the absolute dating methods that they are claimed to be. Age estimates on a given geological stratum by different radiometric methods are often quite different, sometimes by hundreds of millions of years. There is no absolutely reliable long-term radiological clock, end of quote. Again, concerning radiometric dating of New Mexico granite, geologist Dr. Andrew Snelling writes, Physicists have carefully measured the radioactive decay rates of parent radioisotopes in laboratories over the last 100 or so years, 
and have found them to be essentially constant within the measurements of error margins. Furthermore, they have not been able to significantly change these decay rates by heat, pressure, or electrical and magnetic fields. So geologists have assumed these radioactive decay rates have been constant for billions of years. However, this is an enormous extrapolation of seven orders of magnitude back through immense spans of unobserved time without any concrete proof that such an extrapolation is credible. Nevertheless, geologists insist that radioactive decay rates have always been constant because it makes their radioactive clocks work. New evidence, however, has recently been discovered that can only be explained by the radioactive decay rates not having been constant in the past. For example, the radioactive decay of uranium in tiny crystals in a New Mexico granite yields a uranium age of 1.5 billion years. Yet the same uranium decay also produced abundant helium, but only 6,000 years worth of that helium was found to have leaked out of the tiny crystals. This means that the uranium must have decayed very rapidly over the same 6,000 years that the helium was leaking. The rate of uranium decay must have been at least 250,000 times faster than today's measured rate. For more, for more details, uh, see Don DeYoung's thousands, not billions, end of quote. When scientific research speaks void of evolution's taint, you'll find 6,000 years. From the God said, man said feature language in 6,000 years, you'll find the following. In the September 2012 issue of Acts and Facts, science writer Brian Thomas wrote concerning the age of man and the earth under the title, A Recent Explosion of Human Diversity. Several paragraphs follow. Everyone should know that the cosmos was created. It also stands the reason that those who listen to Moses and the prophets, as Jesus said, should be able to see more specific evidence of biblical creation, including scientific discoveries. One such evidence is human genetic diversity, which leaves evolutionary history in a quagmire while confirming a straightforward interpretation of Genesis. The research team investigated the amount of diversity among today's human genes and how long it took to reach the current amount of diversity. They concluded that human genes diversified recently. The authors wrote, The maximum likelihood time for accelerated growth was 5,115 years ago. This is a tiny fraction of two-tenths of a percent of the 2.4 million years of humanity that evolutionists suppose. The explosion of human genetic diversity also occurred in parallel and because of human population growth. With each new person comes another opportunity for DNA differences to arise, either by design, genetic shuffling processes, or mutations, end of quote. The headline in the December 29, 2012 issue of Science News reads, Human Diversity's Recent Explosion. The subhead reads, Most genetic variation came about in the last 5,000 years. End of quote. The more science looks into the invisible, the more the facts shout yes to God's holy Bible. 
Keep in mind that God is invisible, and he created all out of that which is invisible. They always end up here. They always do. Back to the God said, man said feature. Now consider this headline from the May 2013 issue of Acts and Facts. Is mankind getting dumber? Several paragraphs written by science writer Brian Thomas follow. Do today's children have lower IQs than yesterday's? Yes, according to measurements of intellectual and emotional strength gathered from different countries and contexts. The results show the same basic decline and resist the notion that public or other forms of education are to blame. Could the cause instead lie within? Stanford University professor Gerald Crabtree thinks so. He published a pair of essays in the journal Trends in Genetics, citing new discoveries that show why the human intellect is surprisingly fragile. This biblical, creation-friendly notion didn't sit well with the authors of a rebuttal paper who countered that the human intellect is robust. What lies at the heart of this disagreement? Bad science or bad assumptions? Crabtree identified two fundamental processes as the main culprits. First, human intelligence uses neurons, and these cells can only function properly if their genes stay in top shape. Second, these genes are susceptible to degradation. This loss of organization occurs continually as mutations slowly, irreversibly garble genes, and the resulting errors pile up and are not corrected. Each new generation accrues about 60 new mutations to the genetic coding DNA regions of the human genome. Crabtree applied this rate to calculate that every 20 to 50 generations, we should sustain a mutation and one copy of one of our many ID genes. As a result, in the past 3,000 years, each of us should have accumulated at the very least 2.5 to 6 mutations in ID genes. Accordingly, the human intellect perhaps reached a peak 2,000 to 6,000 years ago. This appears to uh, confirm three lessons that can be drawn from the Bible. First, Adam and Eve's brains were originally very good. Second, we had our best brains about 6,000 years ago. Third, humanity has suffered genetic degradation since then under the curse End of quotes. Accumulated mutations also point to a very young earth. Again from God Said, Man Said. The headline in the November 2014 feature of Acts and Facts, written by Jeffrey Tompkins, who holds his Ph.D. in genetics from Clemson University, reads, Genetic entropy points to a young earth. The bulk of the feature follows. One of the most important finds in recent years came from modeling the accumulation of mutations, genetic code errors, in the human genome over time using computer simulations. Researchers found that this buildup of mutations can only reach a certain level before the genome completely deteriorates and humans go extinct. This process of degradation called genetic entropy fits perfectly with a recent creation of a six to 10,000 years ago. Two recent research studies performed by secular scientists support genetic entropy. Their data were based on rare single nucleotide variation observed in the protein coding regions of the human genome. 
Over 80% of this variation was associated with genetic entropy exhibited by heritable diseases. Because protein coding regions are less tolerant of mutation than other parts of the genome, these regions give more reliable historical genetic information. When scientists typically evaluate human genetic history, they incorporate hypothetical deep time scales taken from evolutionary paleontology to calibrate their models of DNA change over time. In other words, they assume millions of years and literally build deep time into their models. In contrast, these new studies use demographic models of human populations over known historical time and geographical space. The resulting data show a very recent massive burst of human genetic diversification, mostly associated with genetic entropy. One author stated the maximum likelihood time for accelerated growth was 5,115 years ago. This places the beginning of the period of genetic decline close to the Genesis flood when the earth began its repopulation through Noah's family and humans rapidly diversified. Amazingly, this recent explosion of human genome variation, mostly associated with genetic entropy, also fits the same pattern of human life expectancy rapidly declining after the flood as recorded in the Bible, end of quotes. Finally, concerning radioactive dating, you'll find this excerpt in the God Said, Man Said feature, More 6,000-Year-Old Earth. Standard dating techniques that are used to generate millions and billions of years of purported Earth history are not only built on the usually false premise of uniformitarianism, but their data is being turned upside down regularly. The following news release, titled Radioactive Dating Warning, was published in the periodical Creation, December 2005. The information was garnered from the January 2005 issue of Geology. Geologists from the U.K. and the U.S.A. recently warned of new pitfalls with radioactive dating. The team was led by John Davidson of the University of Durham and used the equipment with improved measurement precision. They found that the basic assumptions behind one widely used and highly regarded method, mineral isochrome, are invalid in many instances. Further, they found uh, the standard test geologists used to check the quality of the radioactive dating results could not be relied upon. End of quotes. The earth is just over 6,000 years old. Quit vacillating, saints. God's word is true and righteous altogether, every jot and every tittle. This is the beautiful place to build a life that will last forever. God said, Exodus 20, verse 11, for in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. God said, Genesis 5, 1 through 6. This is the book of the generations of Adam. In the day that God created man, in the likeness of God made he him. Male and female created he them and blessed them and called their name Adam in the day when they were created. And Adam lived a hundred and thirty years and begat a son in his own likeness, after his image, and called his name Seth. 
And the days of Adam after he had begotten Seth were eight hundred years, and he begat sons and daughters. And all the days that Adam lived were nine hundred and thirty years, and he died. And Seth lived an hundred and five years and begat Enos. God said, Genesis 7, 1 through 4. And the Lord said unto Noah, Come thou and all thy house into the ark, for thee have I seen righteous before me in this generation. Of every clean beast thou shalt take to thee by sevens, the male and his female, and of beasts that are not clean by two, the male and his female, of fowls also of the air by sevens, the male and the female, to keep seed alive upon the face of all the earth, for yet seven days. And I will cause it to rain upon the earth forty days and forty nights, and every living substance that I have made will I destroy from off the face of the earth. Man said, Don't try to inhibit my lifestyle with that old archaic book. Follow me on Twitter. Like me on Facebook. I'm special. I'm a big deal. Don't you think? Now you have the record. <laughs>